The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me for the show today. If you believe that access to the afterlife or receiving messages from a departed loved one is out of your realm of capability or out of the realm of possibility, you definitely want to stick around for today's show. Camille Dan experienced the unimaginable when she lost her son Aaron in an unexpected accident in 2019 at the age of 31. The circumstances surrounding the accident are still unclear as to why he fell and how it's still being investigated. But this incident sent Camille on a journey through grief and the afterlife that she shares in her book, Aaron's Energy. With a background in medicine as a critical care registered nurse and a medical technical consultant for feature films and television, Camille had never thought about writing a book or had any interest in metaphysics or the afterlife beyond, I guess, what we all wonder. I'm sure we've all wondered about this. Camille's relationship to her son, Aaron, not only continued after his passing, but he was able to share incredible information about his transition to the afterlife and his experiences on the other side. And Camille says, we can do this too. So I'm really excited to talk with her about the book. I've been spending time reading Aaron's Energy. And Camille, welcome to the show. And thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Diane. It's an honor to be here. Well, the book is just unbelievable, um, you know, so inspirational and uplifting. I, I've really enjoyed spending some time with this. And, you know, what what struck me reading it is, with your background in medicine, working as a nurse, you know, you've been around life and death more than the average person. And your background was more based in science than anything having to do with life after death. And this book kind of came out of journaling after your son's death and was a real process. You know, I'm sure it took time to put all this together. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the beginning of, of your journey in, in writing this book, you know, coming from a science background and then all of a sudden, you know, having these amazing experiences? It must have just been, uh, I, I can't even imagine that process. Yeah, I, you know, thinking back um, to immediately after Aaron's transition, uh, I was in a state of shock uh, for quite a while. Um, a friend of mine suggested writing things down so I wouldn't forget them. And I thought, oh, you know what, that's probably a good idea. I couldn't remember much anyway. And I, you know, I was very sad and not almost numb. Um, so I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to start journaling my grief. And that led to finding an online grief journaling course, which helped me further with it. And then I 
began to realize that writing my grief was therapeutic for me. And it was, it was making me feel better every time I would sit down and write. It was helping me get through my grief. Um, it was cathartic. So um, very soon after uh, Aaron's funeral, that same friend came over um, with a note and she told me that she had had an automatic writing experience and that the note was Aaron from Aaron, that he had channeled this message and she had to bring it to me. Um, so when I saw, when I read the note, I was shocked. There were things in it that she, even she didn't know. And we've been friends for over 30 years. The next day, uh, with the police investigation going on, we had to meet with the detectives. And one of the detectives said something that was word for word in the note. And I honestly don't remember anything else he said after that. I was so stunned. So this was the my first experience where something unexplainable happened, but, you know, to kind of, you know, shake my disbelief. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, I decided that um, after reading more, because I, you know, I was getting books now on grieving. And a lot of books recommended uh, getting out in nature as uh, therapeutic for grief as well. So I thought, oh, well, maybe we should go to the cottage get away from the city. And it was October. My son had died in September of 2019. So it was October and the trees up here where I live in the fall are just so, they're so beautiful. The colors are just awesome, you know, brilliant reds and yellows. And I'm looking at this I'm in the passenger seat of the car and I'm kind of drifting off, you know, gazing at the beautiful fall colors. All of a sudden, a wave of grief hits me like a tidal wave that Aaron is never going to see this again. As soon as I had that thought, I heard Aaron say to me as if he was a passenger in the car. I do see it, mom. I see the colors. And I, Aaron, you know, and I'm thinking, oh no, it's, you know, it's my imagination. He said, mom, I can see the colors. I can't really explain them to you because they're beyond explanation, beyond what you can see. I see the energy that the trees are emitting. And I looked around and no one else in the car seemed to have heard anything. So I kept it to myself because I thought, okay, I'm going to sound really crazy. But up at the cottage, I heard from him more and more, and I started getting signs. And, and he just kept telling me about energy, about his afterlife, about how, how energy works, how we exchange it, how it flows through the universe, um, how it creates. And so... Little by little, he was just chipping away at my skepticism until finally I, I had to let it go. 
And you were a skeptic. I just want people to be clear that none of this had ever happened to you prior to Aaron's passing. Like as a, a youngster, you weren't the one that saw like people in your room or things like that. Like, you know, some people have had those experiences as children, but you ne- never had anything or didn't think anything along those lines until you started having these experiences after Aaron passed. Well, actually, um, as a nurse, funny enough, I did have some experience, unexplainable experiences where patients, I was on the cardiac arrest crash team for the hospital and I worked in, in cardiac intensive care. And I had a few patients who had, who were VSA, unconscious, you know, we'd resuscitate them. And then later on, they would talk about what happened to them during the resuscitation. And I would just think of it as, okay, uh, well, there's got to be a rational explanation for this. Right. And when I got, when I was pregnant with Aaron, I had an out-of-body experience where I left my body. I was floating up at the ceiling of the room. I could, I had this, this infinite knowledge and infinite sense of peace and comfort. And I was going to leave. (laughs) I was going to go out in the universe because I was feeling kind of pulled out outward. I turned and looked at myself on the bed. And I thought, I wonder if this is going to hurt the baby. And I, at, in that split second, I rushed back in to my body. And when I came to from it, I thought, oh, that's a, a region of the brain that causes that, <laughs> you know, wasn't, right. wasn't anything, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, so beyond you kind of just, explained it away to yourself. I explained it away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You know, if people are uh, intrigued by those kinds of stories, you know, you being in the medical, medical field, you know, many nurses, people that work in hospice share a lot of these stories. And there's a great book called visions, trips and crowded rooms by David Kessler, where he did a lot of research and gathering these kinds of stories and the one thread through all of that is that a lot of those people don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like you said, you didn't want to share because people yeah. would think, you know, you're nutty or what's going on that are, they're not going to believe it. So people tend to do keep those experiences to themselves. Yeah. But you know, what's great. A lot of doctors and nurses are now starting to write books about these kinds of experiences and even some research is being done legitimate scientific research on near death experiences. So I I find those particularly fascinating because that really grabs me, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of research. There's some great books out there that that people can explore, um, including yours. And, and we talked a little bit before we were doing this interview, and I said what I one of the things I liked about your book and you sharing your story is that you do kind of bring in uh, a scientific explanation or bring in some scientific theories, like things going on in the quantum realm and, and some research that's being done along those lines that ties things together and actually makes a lot of sense. So I think people are really going to enjoy that 
that part of the book. So I wanted to ask you about the actual communication, you know, when this started happening and, and you described, you know, hearing Aaron's voice. And it, this, this started not long after his passing, right, that you started to receive communication. And he was actually sharing with you his experiences on the other side about energy and, and how things work. Yes. And, and how did you kind of process that information at first? That must have been pretty unbelievable. Well, yeah, at first, um, again, I, I was moving through this grief and in the very early days in shock. So I, whenever I would hear Aaron's voice, it, I would feel so much better. It would really lift the weight of the grief. And, uh, I, I believe that he knew that I kind of had to be slow dripped through this because partly because of the depth of my grief and shock and partly because of my disbelief in all of this. Um, so he started with, um, telling me things and, and then I would, I would see a sign of things he would tell me. And then little by little, I pieced it all together, almost, almost like connecting the dots so that I could figure out what he was trying to tell me. So for instance, I saw a bird um, on a, on the beach. We went we went to Florida after going to the cottage. And there was a little sandpiper broke from its large group and followed us down the beach, and it wasn't afraid of us. And Aaron had explained to me that um, energy uh, can universal energy, which is is conscious energy. And, and energy of creation, what every form of matter is made of, um, can connect more easily with animals. So when Aaron or one of our loved ones across the veil wants to either deliver us a message or check in on us, he said they can connect their energy with the energy of the animal. So the animal's eyes become their eyes, their ears become their ears and they can look in on us and they can give us comfort and let us know that they're there. And they like birds. He said he li they like birds because birds can get places fast and also birds can drop a feather. So if we didn't see the bird when they, when our loved one was visiting, they can leave us a little feather to let us know that the bird was there and they were there. And an animal is probably not going to rationalize something happening, right? Their, right. their brains are not going to work that way where they're going to think, oh, why is this happening? Who, who's talking to me? They're, they're just going to be kind of a conduit. So that, that makes sense exactly. that people on the other side would work through animals. And I actually had a, a medium say that, my mother would communicate, not communicate through my cat, but would, my cat would see her where I couldn't, you know, so animals yeah. are more sensitive in that way. That, that makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> yes, Aaron, that's what their senses, they, their senses are more heightened in some ways than ours. And, and their minds are less complicated. Their their brains are less complicated. Yes. Their ego is less complicated. And so, and Aaron also says that um, young children are less complicated 
uh, energy to connect with as well. So oftentimes you hear about young children having visions or, or um, talking about past lives and so forth. Young children are still very highly connected to, to spirit, to that side of ourselves, because we're basically matter comprised or created by energy. And the matter that creates us is flowing at a different rate or frequency than the energy of spirit. It's also flowing at a different rate in a rock than it is in us and so forth. So, um, so, but yeah, a young child who's still adapting to human existence, their brain is still developing is less complicated for making an energy connection. And Aaron said some interesting things on, on that, on that topic of reincarnation and you were brought up in the Jewish tradition, right? And, and Aaron was, was taught in the Jewish tradition. And I, I thought that reincarnation wasn't really uh, accepted or, or taught. Is that true? Well, I was brought up in a mixed uh, religious household. So I know a little bit about Catholicism, a little bit about Judaism, um, and Aaron's dad and I raised our kids uh, in the Jewish religion. Um, so reincarnation isn't uh, isn't addressed that much in in Judaism, um, and I don't believe it else. It is as much in Catholicism, other than um, you know, in both religions, the Messiah will return. So, um, you know, Jesus uh, rose and um, and became the Messiah in Christianity. In Judaism, the Messiah will come. So that's kind of like reincarnating. Um, in also in Judaism, um, there the uh, Kabbalah, which is the Jewish mysticism, which is very complicated, um, teaches about alternate dimensions and, and dimensions beyond the three that we live in. Um, so there's, there is some, uh, you know, discussion about it, but it's, it's not generally discussed. Right. Cause not, I, I was brought up Catholic and, and that was never taught or discussed, but like you said, the, you know, rebirth, was discussed. And I'm sure, and if you look over other religious traditions, there's always kind of a resurrection story or, or something like that, you know, that, that weaves its way through um, a lot of other traditions as well. Um, I just, I think what he said about reincarnation and incarnation, I thought was interesting. The information that he shared about kind of energy coming in, energy leaving, like as a, a baby that's that's born or, you know, that spark creates life at that moment, they're actually all of the like information of the universe is, is present mm -hmm. in, in that conception. Right. I thought, yes. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's an incredible way to look at it. Yeah. So Aaron says that uh, the source of creative energy is love. Everything in the universe is created from love and we've been given the tools we're we're at a higher level of creation than other forms of matter because we have tools for creation we have brains for creation 
and abilities for creation. Where Aaron is, their their abilities for creation are far beyond ours in the in the dimensions that that he's able to flow through in in spirit. So in our limited uh, capacity, we are part of creation as well. And they're they're really limitless in in the form that they're in. You know, they're not contained by these carbon suits like we are. So exactly. It's a whole other thing. I mean, you were really lucky in kind of even just kind of going back to the beginning uh, of your experience because you had friends and family that were open to this. And maybe a lot of people listening to this are, are not in such an enviable situation where they're able to, like you had a friend come in and say, hey, I got a message. You know, some people might not be in that that situation. Would you, could you recommend anything uh, as far as maybe looking for people they could talk to or maybe seeking out groups to share if their family and friends aren't really open? Yeah, I, I highly recommend seeking out groups uh, for sharing. And, and that was the whole point of the book too. When I, when I came to the point that I realized, hey, you know what, this is really helping me and I've been able to talk with my friends about my experiences. And, and in turn, they've shared some of theirs that I probably would have never heard from them before. Um, so that so again, step by step, it led to the book. I thought, oh, well, this is really helping me a lot in a lot of ways. Um, maybe it'll help someone else. So I decided to publish it. And it's helped quite a few people. Um, and, and I've made more and more and more connections uh, since with people who, um, who are interested and willing to share their stories. Uh, I've been on a number of podcasts and shows. Um, as far as, as where I first was able to share stories like this, the group that I, that I uh, joined online on Facebook is called Helping Parents Heal. And that's a group uh, for parents of child loss where spirituality is, is part of, um, you know, what we share. And uh, it's non-denominational. It's a wonderful group. And I've made amazing connections through that group. Um, podcasts. I've listened to a number of podcasts, um, about making connections across the veil, um, and, and radio shows like yours, um, Suzanne Geisman's show. I've listened to, I, I listened to every episode. Um, I met, uh, someone through my connections, uh, who wrote a book, called The Next Room, Jane Asher. And we've had discussions. And and so it seems like once you get started, um, it's just, again, like, you know, you just keep, there's a, a, a world of information out there and a world of people who are connected spiritually I would have never discovered because of my skepticism and my lack of interest. But once you start, you can, you can Google uh, medium ship, you can Google spirit connection 
and tons and tons will come up. Right. It's definitely a lot, I would think a lot better these days to be able to find other people that you can share these kinds of stories and experiences and not be mocked or, you know, laughed out of the room that these stories do exist and and people aren't crazy and they are having these experiences and it's, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share. And I'm so glad you mentioned Suzanne Giesman uh, here on unity online radio. She's been such a great teacher over the past couple of years and, and also her, her origin, she was in the military and was very skeptical of, of all of this in the very beginning too. So it, it's kind of interesting how I think spirit leaves the breadcrumbs for people and then you you follow it where you need to go and then and find out information. And I do think your book is really going to help a lot of people. Oh, thank you. I Again, I, I never wrote a book before and I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself as a writer, but Aaron started telling me, you're going to write a book, mom, just keep going, you know, just keep going. And if you, you know, if you have a wave of grief, don't worry, I'll get through to you through a friend or through someone else. Just take your time and go with the flow of energy as it flows through the universe. It flows through you. And that's exactly what my journey has been. And when you first started to open up the lines of communication, like turn on the spigot, you know, so to speak, and when you would hear something, would it be auditory, like you heard it, like someone talking to you directly, although you'd look around and and no one was there? Yeah, so it started that way where I could actually hear Aaron speaking to me in his voice. Like it was definitely not coming from inside my head. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the times when I started having conversations with him, I'd ask him a question and the, his answers were not even on my list of what I thought might be an answer to my question. So I couldn't keep thinking it was just me making it up. I had to believe this this was coming from outside my head. This was Aaron talking to me. Occasionally, um, he'll talk to me through telepathy. So he plants thoughts in my head. Sometimes, even when I'm having a conversation with someone, he'll he'll jump in on the conversation and he'll try to finish some of my sentences, <laughs> um, try to answer some questions for me and help me out. <laughs> That's great. Now we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute or two, but I do want to give people your website so that they can find out you know, more about the book and, and what you're all about and what's the best place to go. So my website is www.aaronsenergy.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-S, energy.com. And there you can, um, there's hyperlinks to purchase my book, which is available on Amazon in uh, paperback, Kindle. It's also available in audiobook. And um, there's also um, pages with, uh, updates, events, um, recommended reading, uh, recommended sources, uh, 
so it's a good it's a good central place to go for all the information on it. Perfect. Go to erinsenergy.com. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26 at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Thanks for joining me through the break. I'm talking with Camille Dan about her book, Aaron's Energy. Just an incredible story she's able to share about communication that she's received and is receiving from her son on the other side. And you can find out all about Camille by going to her site, Aaron's Energy, A-A-R-O-N-S Energy.com and see what's going on there. And I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the one thing that kind of frustrated me through the book was that you never really know the actual cause of Aaron's death. It's just a fall. And you say that maybe a friend of his is possibly involved, but actually that Aaron told you not to pursue that energy. I, I thought that was interesting. And could could you talk about that a little bit? I mean, even to this day, you don't really know exactly, right, what happened. Yeah, so, um, well, when I wrote the book, it was it was fairly early. I mean, you know, when you think about it, um, I Aaron transitioned in September 2019, and I published the book in February 2021. Um, and very soon after Aaron passed, COVID started. So we, because of COVID and because of all the restrictions uh, with COVID where we are, um, the interaction with police was very limited. Um, You know, they, they said that they, you know, they were suffering from manpower issues and it was taking protracted amount of time to go through investigations. Um, We knew that Aaron fell Um, there was evidence that somebody, he lived on his own. He had his own place, uh, condo, and there was evidence of somebody else having been there. Um, Aaron did have, uh, did go through, uh, a problem with addiction and there was evidence of some drug use with someone there. Um, so we know there was, uh, drug involvement, we found out later, uh, after I I wrote the book, that um, Aaron had fentanyl in his system. But he had told me that he had taken a sleeping pill. He was tired. He had a sleeping pill. Um, I know Aaron, what he took was counterfeit fentanyl. He wouldn't have known it contained fentanyl. The issue was whoever was there with him, and we there is a list of suspects. Um, they left. They left him. That's horrible. Yeah. So that's that's the part of the story that um, we still don't know the answers to. I have been in communication um, with the police, but again, the, 
they just keep telling me things are so delayed. You know, they're, they're still, uh, there's still an investigation going on. There have been some new findings, but I, they told me it's better not to talk about it. Um, when I did keep asking Aaron about it, he said, he said, um, you know, even if you get answers, all of your questions won't be answered. And, it, and it's better not to attract that kind of energy into your life. He talks a lot about uh, energy, the energy within ourselves and what we attract. We, we attract compatible energy. So in order for him to connect with me, I my energy within myself needs to be compatible with his. When I'm dwelling on this kind of stuff, I... I'm less compatible to make connection with him where he is now. So, so I believe that that is the reason he told me to not pursue it, continue our connection now across the veil. Our relationship will be stronger when you, when your energy is compatible. Right. I mean, I do hope it, at some point that you'll be able to find some kind of closure and an answer to your questions. And I know addiction is a huge problem in, in this country. I'm sure a lot of people listening have someone in their life or know someone, and it's probably rare if they don't. I mean, I can think of, you know, people in, in my own life. And I know that, um, you know, fentanyl and the availability of buying drugs online is, is and people don't know what they're getting. And so these kinds of things are happening like what, what may have happened to Aaron. Um, In record numbers, yeah, the, the incidence of um, fentanyl poisoning uh, is, has skyrocketed, especially during the pandemic. It's, it's actually frightening. I, I believe it's a concurrent pandemic and I think it's something that's going to continue on after the COVID pandemic ends. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. And even, and speaking of the the pandemic, you know, he Aaron shared an inter interesting perspective with you about what we're going through, the COVID-19 pandemic, and he said there's no why as far as why is this happening now that there just is. And I, I thought that was actually good advice from him on how we should kind of think of it or or handle it you know, and making ourselves crazy of why this happened. It came from China, the wet market, you know, all of these theories mm -hmm. that are, are thrown around that we hear every day that that really doesn't matter. Right. It just is. We, we have to deal with it and manage it. Yeah. So he talks a lot about, um, you know, how things are um, in the dimension he's in and how, what is, is he also talks about how, in the three-dimensional world in which we exist, you know, asking why is, is part of our survival instinct. We, we need to have, you know, that ability to analyze. We need to have the, all of the abilities that come along with survival. But sometimes our abilities with survival, our instincts kind of get ahead of us. And we start trying to anticipate things that we might not be able to. Um, although, you know, it 
can be tied to some really good things, you know, discovering uh, cures and discovering treatments and so forth. Um, but sometimes it can just be free floating and cause anxiety and, and stuff that we, we don't benefit from. Yes, that's true. <laughs> We're all feeling <laughs> that, I'm sure. And I wanted to circle back to some of the other signs that Aaron had used to to connect with you. And I think people can start paying attention to some of these other things too, like you had mentioned birds and, and feathers. And also uh, Aaron liked to leave dimes. And I thought that was interesting because of the other author that you had mentioned was a friend of mine as well, Jane, has experience finding dimes. You always hear of pennies from heaven, not dimes. Mm -hmm. uh, can can you share that? Because I think I think that's interesting to be aware of something that you might not really look for. Yeah. So the whole thing about the dimes, uh, Aaron tells me, yeah. is the moment that you discover the dime. What are you thinking about at the time? What's happening at the time? That's where the message is tied into the sign. So they talk about the synchronicity of things occurring all together at once. And Aaron says um, that countless micro incidents and macro incidents occur simultaneously. And we're a part of that system. When we see a sign, when we find a sign, um, dimes, my mother likes to, <laughs> to leave me dimes as well. And one time I asked Aaron about dimes and pennies. What's the thing about dimes and pennies? Why is it always dimes and pennies? Because I'm thinking, well, dimes and pennies are small and can fall out easily. Aaron said, well, it's not just that. He said, a dime is 10 and a penny is one that adds up to 11. And an 11 is a very important spiritual number in numerology and spiritualism. I said, oh, you know, I never thought of that. <laughs> I haven't so, either until you mentioned that, but that's true. 11, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I have found some pennies too, but lots and lots of dimes. Uh, clouds, Aaron loves to write his, and a big A in the clouds. He's left me, since I wrote the book, he's left me a number of cloud signs one I've posted, I've been asked to post uh, quite a bit. I watched the words, I love you, form in the clouds. I asked Aaron for a cloud sign because I'd been getting them, A's, hearts, things like this. I even saw his, his name fully written in the clouds. I didn't always have my phone with me to take a photo of it, but I got a few. One time I was at the cottage. And I was looking out over the lake and I said, Aaron, if you can write a sign for me in the clouds, I watched the letters form. I love you. And the O in love is a heart. And it's very clear. I got a photo of it and I posted it on my on my sites. And it's also I made a little uh, YouTube video uh, of Aaron's signs. And it's on my YouTube channel, Aaron's Energy. And you can see that photo there. I also have a Facebook group called Aaron's Energy. I've posted uh, that that's cloud sign there because it's just so profound. And you shared some in the book, which are, are pretty incredible to see. 
And I think it's great to get people thinking about just being open to some of these things, these signs that they might pass off as just an everyday occurrence or it's a coincidence or synchronicity or something like that. Uh, You also mentioned dreams. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people have those kind of visitation dreams. Um, But he, does he come regularly in dreams or frequently? Maybe not regularly, but a lot. Well, yeah, I would say more, more regularly than frequently, actually. Um, So those are dreams that are so vivid that you can, feel the person hugging you. You can feel like everything is so real and sometimes even more real than real. And you you don't want to wake up. You don't want the dream to end. And I've had a number of those where Aaron has appeared and he looks amazing. He looks so healthy and just so at peace kind of better than you remembered in when you see him in the dream, like in, in a perfect, in his, what you would think of a perfect state. Yeah. Yeah. You would think of him in a perfect state in the dream. Whereas, I mean, he was, Aaron was a very good looking young man and, and fit, very fit. Um, He had actually uh, completed rehab. The sad thing was, um, he was working and thinking of buying a home. And the last time I saw him, we went to our favorite pizza place and he, we were talking about, you know, getting a mortgage, things like this. And a few days later, you know, so um, still, still, you know, makes me difficult. feel very, di- yeah, it's very difficult. What do you think is, or or if there is a difference in, say it was a natural death of old age or whatever, you know, natural causes. I wonder if there's a difference in the energy from someone who passed in that way as someone who was just kind of yanked away through no, you know what I mean? Like an accident through no fault of their own. I just wonder if their communication would be, I guess it would be different. That's a really good question. Um, I'm not really sure of the answer to that. Um, And Aaron hasn't, I can ask him and let you know later because I can always ask him any question and he loves answering them. But I will say that um, my father passed uh, the following year of natural causes. He was 94 and his energy has come through like i he came through with a medium i saw and i was so shocked at the amount of information she came through that she couldn't have known and it was very strong and it was definitely my father um so i'm not really sure what that's got to do with if it's if it's got to do with how the person passed or if it's got to do with who they are on the other side, you know? Right. Like I was just was wondering if their perspective, like your father being able to bring a, a different energy or perspective from having like a natural transition from, from this plane to the next, where someone who is abruptly taken or accidentally or 
So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like driving myself into a corner that makes no sense, but <laughs> it just it just made me think of like kind of the kind of the differences. But Aaron shares so much incredible information in the book, and one thing I wanted to mention that I thought was really great is he said about how we treat people on this plane and the relationships you know that we foster during our lives here, he says that ultimately we will all be together in eternity and that we create our, our eternal experience here on earth with the relationships that, that we make. I thought, wow, that that's a pretty profound lesson, right? The relationships, yeah. how we're treating people, what we're doing here, we're going to take that with us, I guess. Is that what he's saying? Yes, that's, um, that's, a very loaded question because that involves a lot. So what he said, what he's basically saying is that while we're here, we're forming energy connections that we take with us. So, and the ones that we form here might be new ones that we hadn't experienced on the other side in, in our eternal existence. So our existence on earth is just basically a a chapter of our eternal existence. So we might form relationships during our lifetimes. For instance, you know, you met your husband, right? But you also met your husband's family. So, So those connections might not have been so close before in your life in your existence before, but when you go across again, and we all do, they'll be stronger because it, it's, he sort of ties it into um, the idea of, of quantum entanglement. What happens in one part of the universe can affect what's happening light years across. And, but because compatible energy attracts those that energy those energy bonds that you've formed here you will carry with you across and you will maintain them so for instance Aaron's and my relationship is maintained even though he's in another dimension than I am right now it's still ongoing right that's so interesting so even people that may have negatively impacted you over your life, though those those little touches, I guess, of energy throughout, you'll you'll bring that experience with you, like I guess in this life and the next and the next. You might, yeah. So what Aaron says about about those kind of um, connections that we make, it's up to us how we want to process them, how we want to go forward. Let's say someone harms you. So now you've made that kind of an energy connection with them. Well, you can go forward and you can carry that as as negative energy within you. Or you can find a way to forgive the person. You can find a way to improve how you feel about what happened. The other person goes forward as well with what they did and how they feel about it. And so 
that that energy you can carry it with you and you can resolve it within your lifetime and if you if you're not able to you will carry it across the veil with you 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 don't just like like leave this dimension in one fell swoop you bring some of your baggage across and right. so <laughs> right that's interesting <laughs> i don't know if i want to do that but <laughs> and it makes it makes sense that you would. I mean, in in, in talking about that connection, do you feel that? Uh, I know I've read. Um, you mentioned Dr. Brian Weiss in the book that you read his his stuff as well, like many lives, many masters, and and I've heard him speak on soul families and relationships that carry on, you know, over lifetimes. And do you feel maybe Aaron was? you know, maybe your mother or someone else, or I don't know, sometimes those roles can shift, but obviously there was a strong connection made that's timeless. I mean, and, and you believe that that continues and goes on. I believe that. And and actually when Aaron was four years old, he mentioned it to me. He was in his car seat. We were driving somewhere and he said to me, mom, remember when we were together a really long time ago? I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, oh, yeah, what, uh, what do you remember, Aaron? He said, I'm talking about way before the dinosaurs, a really long time ago when we used to travel around the universe together from one planet to another, we could go anywhere we wanted. And I was just... <laughs> I would have loved to hear that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He was right. Turned out he was right. Yes. I've heard that described as well, that time doesn't exist like we think of it. Um, another author, Anita Morjani, who had an incredible near-death experience, shared that on that side, whatever you put your attention or awareness on, immediately you're there. Like if you want to be somewhere, you're there. Yes. Yes. No matter if it's a place or a time, if you want to go back in time to be somewhere, you can do that, which seems there, incredible. Yeah. And Aaron says the same thing. Um, time, he said that time is a dimension. Um, as much as as much as every other dimension that exists, where he is and in the state he's in currently, um, he can be anywhere. And it is everything is is a thought away. Um, Every anywhere they want to go is a thought away. Someone once asked me, interestingly, well, if if a person uh, in their afterlife wants to go across the universe, how do they do that? Do they fly there? And Aaron answered that question. He said, they can if they want. If they want to feel the experience of flight, they can create that for themselves. Otherwise, they can be there in a, you know, split second. Right. There was one part of the book that I was reading when he was, uh, you were describing how you wanted to keep your, your energy level compatible with his and that there were points or times that you couldn't make that connection because of whatever emotional state that you're in. And there was also a point where Aaron said, I can't, I'm busy right now. I have to connect. <laughs> and I'm thinking, busy doing what? <laughs> you know, what was he doing that he couldn't connect at that point? So does he ever like what what else do they do over there like does he ever say that 
I guess traveling well, around the universe. <laughs> they are very busy. They're infinitely busy, and <laughs> they are making connection way more connections than we're capable of. And you know, checking in on on others they care about, and um, they can be in more than one place at one time too. But it's possible he was really absorbed in something. He was really getting a lot out of at the time, and I was interrupting him. <laughs> That's that's cool. I like to think of that. Well, we're doing something else. They can't be bothered with our earthly, yeah. you know, whatever we're doing. This is like way bigger than us. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, the book, the book is out. You're working on some other projects too. I mean, what would be, you know, a few takeaways that you hope people will get from reading your story? I mean, whether they've experienced a lot of grief or not. I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons people can take. I think the biggest takeaway from all of this and Aaron's biggest message that that he wants me to let people know is that every person, every atom, every molecule, every bit of matter and energy is important. Nothing can be taken away. We are all important in this. We're all together in this. And every single particle in the universe is at any given moment holding the universe together. And we're part of that. So I think what he he's saying is that we're all of such high value. And what how we think, how we treat each other affects everything else, not just in our dimension, three-dimensional world that we exist in, but in dimensions beyond ours. And because energy flows through all dimensions, everything we do affects other dimensions and comes back and affects ours as well. So it's, it's all very important. That message is, I think, his most important message. It is some incredible lessons that he's shared through you in this book that I hope people give it a read. I really enjoyed it. And you're working on some other projects too and another book. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, I got it in my head (laughs) to keep spreading Aaron's message. I wonder where that came from. But um, I've realized that, you know, in this journey I'm on, I've met so many incredible people. And I have gotten so much validation from other people's stories and hearing other people's stories. And I'm hearing those because I told mine. And I really want to encourage people to share their stories. So I started um, an idea of writing an anthology of stories. Uh, So people from around the world are contributing chapters. Uh, We have first-time authors contributing. We have experts in the fields of afterlife communication, metaphysics, mediumship, and spirituality uh, contributing chapters. We have some very well-known authors contributing to the book. Um, And... Uh, hopefully it's going to be ready this summer to be published. I'll self-publish it like I did with Aaron's Energy. I have two editions of, of Aaron's Energy. One is update an updated uh, 
uh, edition of the first with an additional journal entry and an expanded list of recommended reading. Um, and just like Aaron's Energy, the anthology, which doesn't have a title yet, I'm going to do a, a book title draw for the best title. <laughs> and um, the proceeds, uh, all the proceeds of the sales of the book in all its forms will go to mental health and addiction research and care, to bereavement support services, to helping parents heal and forever family foundation. Well, I look forward to what you come up with. And thank you so much, Camille, for spending time with us today and sharing your story and Aaron's story. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.